welcome back to another episode of Love Murders Current Affairs, our show about love gone fatally wrong that's making the news right now. So today we're back with a tragic update in the disappearance of Massachusetts mother Anna Walsh. At the time of our last recording, things were looking pretty grim, but we were of course still holding out the tiniest sliver of hope that it was just a disappearance. As of today, however, an arrest warrant has been issued for Anna's murder. So first, for those who are just coming in, we'll give you a very, very quick little background. Anna was a commercial real estate executive, and early on the morning of January 1st, she was called urgently to Washington, D.C. for a work emergency. At least that's what her husband said. Brian said he last saw her getting into an Uber or Lyft heading for Boston's Logan Airport, but she never arrived for any flight, and she never made it to D.C. A few days later, on January 4th, her employer reported her missing to authorities. On Friday, January 6th, police launched a massive air and ground manhunt around her Cohasset residence. On Sunday, January 8th, there was a major development as Anna's husband, Brian, was arrested on charges of misleading the police. That same day, a judge issued a search warrant for the Walsh residence based on, first, the fact that Brian had lied to authorities about his whereabouts the day after Anna disappeared, saying he was grocery shopping when, in fact, he was buying $450 worth of cleaning supplies and tarps at Home Depot. And second, based on internet search history, which showed evidence for a search on how to dispose of a body of a 115-pound woman. On Monday, January 9th, Walsh was arraigned and pleaded not guilty. Bail was set at $500,000 in part because Walsh had previous legal entanglements. At the time of his arrest in connection with misleading police, he was awaiting formal sentencing after pleading guilty to art fraud a few years earlier. That same day, Monday the 9th, police were also sifting through potential evidence at a trash facility in Peabody, Massachusetts. We left off our last show after investigators had just discovered a hacksaw and bloody materials that seemed consistent with purchases Walsh had made at Home Depot. They had also found blood stains and a bloody knife in the Walsh's basement. In the weeks since, countless new sources have been trying to learn more about the mystery behind Anna's disappearance. On Thursday, January 12th, People Magazine published a piece titled Friends of Anna Walsh Say Mom of Three Was in a Rush to Sell Assets Before Her Disappearance. The article recounted a recent interview from Mike and Mandy Silva, friends of Anna and Brian, who had also rented a Revere, Massachusetts apartment from them for the past four years. In the interview, Mike and Mandy claim that something seemed off over the last six months. Mandy said, Over time within the last six months, Things started to get really strange with the Walshes. Anna was selling all of her assets in the Boston area, including our unit. They were in a rush to sell. Why are you in such a rush to sell our unit? It doesn't make sense. Mike added, this was very out of character for them. They never stayed at a property for more than a year. So I figured maybe they're running from something or hiding from something. I mean, she sold all of her properties and walked away with a lot of money. Other news outlets have been trying to learn more about the woman behind the story. According to Fox News, Anna Walsh first met her husband in 2008 while working at the luxurious Wheatley Hotel in the Berkshires. She was described as an ambitious 25-year-old from Serbia. Anna had graduated from the University of Belgrade and went on to get her master's at the extremely renowned School of Hospitality Management at Cornell University. 
some of the details we have about the relationship we actually have because of Brian's previous legal troubles. In a 2021 letter requesting leniency for her husband after his art fraud confession, Anna wrote, It was love at first sight for me, and I feel the same way about Brian to this day. Love at first sight or not, the early days of the relationship were complicated. According to the Boston Globe, when Anna met Brian, she was already married to, or shortly thereafter got married to, a chef named Mark Nip, whom she would divorce only in 2014. Throughout that period, in spite of her marriage, Brian and Anna dated long distance. It is important for us to say here, though, that we don't know anything really yet about the emotional facts of that marriage and their relationship. For example, Andy, although Anna and her husband Mark only got divorced in 2014, it's entirely possible that the relationship was practically over long before that, and that was only the legal end. Yep. All we know factually is that Anna and Mark were legally married until 2014, and a year later, Anna moved to Boston permanently, got engaged to, and then married Brian Walsh. The couple had a small, intimate ceremony in a Boston Episcopal church. According to a witness, not a single member of Brian's family was at the ceremony. Three sons came after, now aged two, four, and six. Was the marriage a happy one? Again. Little is known at this moment. However, some disturbing details are starting to emerge. According to a police report obtained by Boston 25 reporter Bob Ward, in 2014, Anna reported to D.C. Metro Police that someone living in Boston that she was involved with made a statement over the telephone that he was going to kill her and her friends. Reporter Bob Ward said that while Walsh wasn't specifically named in the report, the sources from whom he obtained the report indicated that Brian Walsh was indeed the suspect. That said, Anna didn't follow through with the D.C. Metro Police, and eventually the case was closed. About a year later, Anna announced her engagement to Brian on social media, and four months later, they were hitched. However, people are now looking back at Anna's social media in a new light. On May 21, 2018, she posted a picture of herself with a bruised eye and a caption, mild concussion, bruised hip, and a cut. Hashtag vulnerability. She explained the incident away to friends as, quote, freshly buffed marble floors at work. Oof. Reporter Ward spoke to former Boston Police Chief Dan Linsky, who said, Oftentimes domestic violence victims will cover for their abusers and come up with excuses for their injuries. It could also be considered consistent with that posting, vulnerability, that she's in a vulnerable place in her relationship and is reaching out to folks through that means. Even if that's not the case, according to Linsky, the report from 2014 is telling enough. He said, all relationships have tensions, right? People argue and fight and disagree. But when you've gone to the authorities because you feel that your physical safety and the physical safety of your friends are in danger to make a formal report, that's a different standard. Yeah, I would say. In this episode, we haven't even gotten into Brian's long fraudulent history. In our previous episode, we discussed his art fraud around a couple of stolen Andy Warhol paintings, as well as his fleecing of his father's estate after his death. In the weeks since we recorded, it's come to light that part of why Brian hasn't been sentenced after his confession in the art fraud actually has to do with the fraud around his father's death. He was apparently headed for a no-jail sentence, but in light of the additional fraud, the judge was reconsidering. For now, we'll quote a Fox News article that more or less sums up what Brian was contributing professionally and financially to his marriage with Anna. After discussing Anna graduating from one of the best hospitality management programs in the world, it turns attention to Brian, saying, 
Meanwhile, her husband dropped out of Carnegie Mellon University years before they met, according to court papers. It's unclear what, if any, legitimate work he did during their entire marriage. On his LinkedIn page, he lists himself as the CFOs of various organizations that don't appear to have websites. Oh, whoa. That is absolutely perfectly savage. Yes. And it would seem no better than he deserves. On Tuesday afternoon, January 17th, Norfolk District Attorney Michael Morrissey announced that they had formally issued an arrest warrant charging Brian Walsh with the murder of his wife. Brian remains held at the Norfolk County House of Corrections. On Wednesday morning, he'll be transported to the Quincy District Court to be arraigned for murder, at which time more details will be shared. Morrissey said additional details in the investigation and the evidence in support of those charges are likely to be presented at arraignment, but will not be disclosed at this time. So, guys, we are working on a separate current affairs for later this week about the horrific family slaying that left eight dead in Enoch, Utah, around the holidays. So we plan on using the beginning of that show to share any material details from Wednesday's arraignment of Brian Walsh. Also... Anna and Brian's kids remain with state authorities. We talked about this last week, despite petitions and neighbors to take custody of the boys. I know it breaks my damn heart. And I know that they were trying to get Anna's mother here from Serbia. So hopefully that happens soon because it really does. It just really does hurt my heart thinking about those little boys so scared and and not knowing what's going on with their parents. Yeah, the care and attention that they need to be getting in the coming months is going to be a real formidable time for them. Yes. (laughs) So I hope that they get to spend it with people who love them and know them and have kids the same age and they can play and kind of try to assimilate into the community. And And have some sense of normalcy in their life. Yeah. So we're all Uh, fingers crossing for that. Yep, this is a tragedy all around. Thank you guys for joining us for this impromptu current affairs. We're going to continue to try to keep you updated on the case and definitely come back in a couple days when we will have further updates as well as information about uh, the terrible occasion in Enoch, Utah. Yes, thank you everyone so much for listening. And if you guys have any current affairs, current cases that you want to hear about, please hit us up at lovers at lovemurder.love or on our Instagram at lovemurderpod. And as always, look out for all of those red flags. Absolutely. Bye.